<laughs> Here we go again. little essence for you. Craig, I agree with you. I, I think he's afraid as well. DOC in on the Hoffman Show, Team 980. And uh, we appreciate all of you. We will light up the lamp eventually, courtesy of the Ace Law listener line. But uh, now we have a living legend who we were able to get him out of the weight room to uh, to share some time with us, my old uh, tag team partner, Brother Al Galdi. And once again, Al, we're in December, and we're having the debate on do we elevate our draft status or do we win one for the Gipper? Yes, DOC, this is uh, familiar territory. It is uh, ter- territory that we have been in way too often but, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where if it's familiar, then it's not so bad. And I think for all of us, it's like we've been here so many times that we're all sick of being here. But at the same time, it's like, you know, your favorite robe or like your favorite pair of slippers. You know, we're yeah. used to it. So yeah. it's something that, uh, that, you know, we can't hate too much, I guess. I know, but it does seem like, I mean, when we used to have our arm wrestling contest about bet, do we li- die for the draft or do we live for the pride and self-preservation of beating a conference foe and you were right um and, and now i mean russell man russell uh, tuesday's hammering me are you saying that you're not you don't want to win and i'm i can't even say it I, I'm, yeah. I'm comfortable not coming in figuring out especially within the division but no matter whatever i mean when we come off the bye we'll be out with the rams at sofi and um and then I keep looking at this draft, and and now you have taught me, and I learn well. I'm, I'm hard hit it, but I do eventually get it. And I start looking at not every year. Do the does the tree bear the fruit from the quarterback tree that it, has, it will bear this year? This is a fruitful year in mm-hmm. terms of trying to get. I mean, there are only a few guys, two or three of them, that have the Joe Burrow type effect. He turned Cincinnati, that was garbage, into the Super Bowl team, into a team that could go toe-to-toe with anybody. And to show you how important winning is and how so much of this is psychological, even in his absence, they're still winning. They can still grind out a win because they no longer look at themselves as losers. They look at themselves and they handle themselves they perform like winners. And so they can bring a kid in with very little experience. He earned that right. And boy, did he ball out. Yep. On the biggest screen stage available. And they find a way to win. People are finding ways to win. There's a rookie in, in Houston. And he's finding a way to win. And his first-year coach, a defensive guy, it doesn't matter. If your guys buy in and if you're teaching and preaching the gospel, they buy into it. And I just wonder what were you, and I'm following you now, I'm following the leader, into the strategy of the owner, new ownership group to stand still right now and grit through this. It has to be at least brought up. Is this their best strategy to try to go higher? I can't figure out. What the message is. 
Well, I can tell you this. On uh, tomorrow morning's installment of the Al Goldie podcast, what will be episode 715, I will have an in-depth breakdown of the quarterbacks in the 2024 draft. And it is, uh, it is painful, you know, all kidding aside, that yeah. in December we're talking about the draft. But that is where we're at. So I've got a great guest. Pro football focus is Trevor Sikama. So looking forward oh, yeah. uh, to that conversation. But, you know, well, let me ask you this, then. Qu- where does Daniels fit on your list? Yeah, so Daniels, he's at best number three. I mean, it's okay. Caleb Williams one, right. Blake May two. Okay. And as things stand right now, I would take Williams or May over Sam Howell. I don't think that I'd take Jaden Daniels okay, over that's, Sam that's Howell. Okay, because that's the only guy yeah. I think will be eligible for. That's why I, I don't think you're, think right. you're going to get Drake. I don't think you'll get Caleb. Yeah, no, I, I think you're probably right about that. Even but if they lose to- out, I don't think that'll happen. But I'm just throwing it out because yeah. I figured, you know, I wanted to get your, your assessment on it. And uh, people that can find the Al Galdi podcast, highly recommended. I've been honored. You know, Dre, I've uh, Anthony, I've been on the Al Galdi podcast. Quite an honor. I'll suck a second Quite now. an honor. Yeah, quite <laughs> an honor. I just why I brought Daniel's name up. I'm just wondering. Now, you know me. I'm looking for the biggest human being on earth that's eligible for the draft, preferably to play left tackle. But I'll take a guard. I'll take anything that's over three fifty and six seven, and I'm taking them home with me. That's just me. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, what I'm hoping for over these final four games for our football team is Sam Howell plays well, but the Commanders lose each game, and mm-hmm. I think we have just the defense to accomplish that. Yeah, so yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If Sam plays well, but the defense continues to be wretched, that's actually the ideal outcome because. What you want is to go into the offseason feeling like, okay, we have our QB1 moving forward. And Sam still has work to do in that regard. But if he does that, I think this season, in a lot of ways, would actually be successful because you would finally have identified that quarterback. Regarding the offensive line, if the commanders don't go quarterback with what is looking more and more like a top five, maybe top four pick, I mean, there are going to be some stud offensive tackles in this draft. The left tackle out of Penn State, Olu Fashanu, looks like a stud. Notre Dame, uh, Joe Alt, Alt, he looks like he could be really good. Yeah, so there's going to be a really good player here, and and that's the thing. Like, what happened these last two games was horrible. I mean, you get outscored 90-25 over two games. Like, there's something really wrong with you as a team (laughs) for that to happen. But the team is climbing up the draft rankings. I mean, up to number four now. And I think in the bigger picture, that actually matters more than almost anything else. Because, look, if the Commanders win another game or two, like, so what? It doesn't mean anything. This is a bad team. We know that we're headed for massive change in football operations. You might as well be as bad as you can be with hopefully, again, Sam Howell playing well. And then this coming offseason, you can get to hopefully putting together a regime that, uh, that gets the job done. But this regime has not gotten the job done. And, you know, you talk about an exclamation mark on the Ron Rivera era, right? Like, in this season in which Washington has not been wrecked by injury, this has not been one of these seasons in which the team has been, like, bludgeoned by injury. This is not a season in which the team has faced some overly difficult schedule. This has been a more than manageable schedule. And yet, with all of that, the team is 4-9 and with the worst point differential in the NFL. There's not a single NFL team that has been outscored by more points than the commanders have been outscored by this season. 134 points minus 134 is that point differential. This is like the ultimate repudiation 
of the Rivera era, what has happened this season. This is the ultimate exclamation mark of this hasn't worked. You know, like there's no, there are no ifs, ands, or buts. There is no gray area here. Like we got our answer. This didn't work. This was a failure. And as we all know, it's time to move on. And Josh Harris will be moving on uh, at the latest in a few weeks. Al Galdi, the host of the Al Galdi podcast. It's your philosophy on rebuilding your entire football structure. Does it start with you with a, a offensive-minded coach, defensive-minded coach, or general manager? Well, I think you start with the general manager. You start with a head of football operations. You get that person here, and you have that guy pick the next head coach. Now, knowing what we know about Josh Harris, we know that he is a man who speaks my language. He is a man of analytics. I love that. I'm excited. Well, he's about already there. That. Yeah, that's the one piece that he yeah. has put in oh, place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They got Eugene Shen. Yeah. I think a GM who is along those lines is coming. And I think from there, you get your head coach. Now, I would think if you're going to have an analytically inclined head of football operations, that person is going to get an offensive-minded head coach. I mean, the trend in the league for a while now has been you get a head coach who, A, is offensive-minded, and B, is on the younger side. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that doesn't mean that a defensive-minded coach can't win or can't have success, but, like, by and large, that is the way of the league now. You get yourself a young, offensive-minded head coach, and – you know, it stands out. What do we have right now? We have a defensive-minded coach who is older. We have the exact opposite of what the rest of the league seems to be doing right now. So, you know, that definitely stands out. Are but, we the yeah, only I, coach-centric I, uh, team other than New England? Well, Kansas City technically oh, is coach-centric. Okay, so there's three. Andy well, Reid. San, Fr- San Francisco is coach-centric. Kyle Shanahan has final say-so uh, in San Francisco. So uh, Seattle is coach-centric. Pe- okay, like, coach-centric can work. But you have to have the right people. You have to have the right coach who is centric. No, I'm just looking the right at the four names you just mentioned. Yeah, they're all winning. Yeah, they're yeah. doing well. Yeah. So it, I don't think it's so much the structure as it is the people who are making up the structure. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. That is interesting. No, it is, I mean, and this is what the debate is going to be. Usually it was the January or February debate. But yeah. we're now, <laughs> this is probably the earliest since we've been doing this that we have actually – gotten involved in this this early in December, which is not It, it is. I mean, as, as underwhelming as the results of Ron's tenure here have been, mm-hmm. the team actually was in playoff contention in each of the last three seasons mm-hmm. at this time, That's like right. going into December. Yeah. That's really not the case right now. I mean, technically Washington has not been eliminated from playoff contention, mm-hmm. but like we all know the deal. This team is not making the postseason. This team can't even finish with a winning record for this regular season. Like that already has been taken off the table. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to feel like a glorified preseason, these remaining four games. But again, uh, how Sam Howell plays, that does matter a lot. Like I think that absolutely is worth getting invested in. And, you know, it's an odd deal, but the season really is going to start come mid-January. The second that season finale against the Cowboys ends, it is on. And one of the most important stretches really in the history of this franchise begins. Who does Josh Harris hire to run football operations? Who does that person hire to be the next head coach? Who does that head coach hire to fill out his staff? What does the team do in free agency? What does the team do in the draft with presumably a top 10, top 5, maybe even higher pick? Like, this offseason is going to be massive in terms of all of the things we're going to have to sink our teeth into. Now, actually, is the downtime in a lot of ways. It sounds odd, but now, even with the season going on, this is the downtime, and it's going to really pick up in about a month. 
I said this to Chris Russell yesterday that for me, this is the earliest I've ever looked at prospects, ever. And um, that is, it's weird, but it's, but, it, but it's there. And it just seems like they, there are a lot of them. I was not overly overwhelmed with last year's draft, but I think this year's draft, there's far more talent, it appears to be, that, I mean, guys that can come in and actually help you immediately. It seems that way. Well, you know, I think we have been uh, sort of thrown off here because of the extremely underwhelming results from Washington's draft class from oh, this past year God. so far. It, 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 at least right now, and things can change, yeah. so I don't want to, like, pass – yeah. Definitive judgment. But on facts all are guys. facts. But, You're not making it yeah, up. As, as, as things stand right now, mm-hmm. this looks like a really bad draft class, yeah. and this looks like a really bad job that was done by this front office. I mean, think about this with the Rivera era. You look at each first round pick; not a single one was a certifiable hit. You know, you go from Chase Young to Jamin Davis to Jahan Dotson to Emmanuel Forbes. There are things to like about some of them. Like, Jamin's been better the last two years. Jahan was quite good last season before mm-hmm. he got hurt. But there's not a single one who you would say, man, they nailed it with that pick. You know, like, the best you can say is, yeah, you know, he's got some good things going for him, but there's a yeah, but with but, all of those guys. Yeah. And, and, and with Forbes, I mean, they, have, they may have completely whiffed on him. We don't know. Again, it's early, so you don't yep. want to, yep. like, declare anything. But, I mean, how about that? Four first-round picks, not a single one is a certifiable hit. Say what you want about the previous regime, but at least when you talk about, you know, Trent Williams in 2010, Ryan Kerrigan in 2011, like those were good foundational players who the team did get in those spots. You know, John Allen in 2017, Deron Payne in 2018. You can maybe quibble with Payne, but like those guys, good players for this team. Brandon Sheriff in 2015, a good player for this team. Mm -hmm. Look at what's happened with these first round picks with this regime. Um, you know, again, at best mixed results, there's a yeah, but with each guy, and, and that's a big problem. Wow. And I, I didn't – I can't have Al Galdi on and not mention baseball. Shohei, the word yeah. is, is creeping out a little bit. We see the four or five likely suitors. What do your insiders tell you? Well, I think your team is going to get them. But Shohei's camp is doing a very good job I'm trying to keep this all close. Did you when I went to Toronto? I went. I went to Toronto. I said, uh, no. "Wow, was that a lost leader?" Uh, no, no, it is. It is Dodger Blue that has been the favorite for a while. And that doesn't mean that the Dodgers will get them. Okay? No, no, that that like is it. true. I mean, the Bombers. But, I heard where that, that that Juan Soto yeah. may be in pinstripes for a minute, and um, and I know now that the, I. I, I NHL and NBA, I get it. It's up right now. It's there, but I can't you have you on and not at least dibble in that possibilities of, of what's going on. And can you believe it's Hoyas and Orangeman tomorrow, and Anthony who uh, bleeds, drips. I mean, he he got orange all over him right now, and he's not even excited. Yeah, well. Syracuse is not what it was uh, at its peak. I think that now, now the same is true of Georgetown. Let's be honest. Yeah, I was about to say Georgetown yeah. is far worse. Rebuilding. Oh, George, rebuilding. Georgetown, yeah. Georgetown is feisty, and Georgetown got totally screwed in that loss to TCU. Yeah, they did. Saturday <laughs> evening, so yeah. let's make that clear. But yeah, yeah. no that that is um, 
You were speaking the gospel, my friend. It's um, some it's some very interesting times going on now. I don't. Um, I've just never felt this way in December. This is all. This is new territory for me. And when you're in your mid sixties and you hit new territory, it's weird. I mean, it really is. I'm like, man, here we are in December, and uh, are the Niners number one in your power rating? Yeah, I don't know how you argue otherwise. Um, now, you know, that doesn't guarantee anything. The Niners have this uh, penchant for suffering key injuries. Like, we've seen that a lot these oh, last few so years. Oh, they're so dependent upon their studs. I mean, they I are. said if Trent Williams or Debo or uh, McCarthy is out, they're done. Yeah, but if those guys are healthy, they're, they're in, a machine. You're done. <laughs> yeah, you're done. <laughs> they're yeah. Yeah. yeah, if they're there, I mean, you're done. I mean, Brock Purdy, like – can we pause for, on that for a moment? Yeah. He was the last guy taken yeah. in the 2022 draft. What does that say about these draft evaluators, that the last guy taken in the draft now looks like a stud quarterback, is maybe having the best season of any quarterback in the NFL this season off being really good last season? Like, what does that tell you about how often these teams miss on quarterbacks? Well, it, it, that really it, is here's what it tells me. It tells me what I like about Sam. He played a lot of football. Purdy yeah. played a lot of football. You got to get a lot of starts. You can come in and be a one-year wonder or get a new offense, but have you been tested through time? It's still reps and mechanics. So you didn't have to come in and, and redo his footwork because he's taken so many snaps in college that and he's coachable. And Sam, to me, has a lot of – really, Sam, to me, is an abbreviation – of Purdy, he could be better than Purdy to me if we could if he can survive these four weeks of brain damage, and you get him some protection and a better defense, and that's what I think is promising. Because to me, he's the wild card. Because if I don't have to go into my treasure chest for a quarterback, then I can build my army around him. Oh yeah. If I got to go yeah. for a quarterback and then stick a fork in you, because now you're another two. Well, maybe I, I almost said two years away. Then I look down. Is what the Buckeyes doing in, in Houston? You yep. know, oh, it can change. It can change on a dime. And slow it down to him. It's still an abbreviation of the Niners. I let yep. you go on this. Can you imagine the influence that Kyle and his father have had on this league in terms of their offspring, their pupils, their method of of offensive football, and which breeds even more in defense because they've got. Two coaches, the Jets head coach and Texans head coach, came from the Niners system. Can you believe that that and the origin was here? I know, I know. And we got nothing. We we had three double-digit loss seasons in four seasons with the Shanahan's, and yet that run has spawned this like coaching tree of excellence that is unreal. Unreal. Uh, There'll be a book about it, this. It, it, it's stunning. I mean, like, if you look at, like, the Joe Gibbs coaching tree, it doesn't yeah. approach this. You no. know, it doesn't make any sense. Belichick's yet, tree exactly don't approach case. it. I know. I, Belichick's coaching tree is awful. Yeah, yeah, it's a rotten oak. But this thing yeah. is amazing. Yeah. There'll be uh, Maybe is. Sheehan will write a book about this, but this is worthy of it. It is. You can You're say right. what you say You're about right. Dan, but he got the old man here and gave him full autonomy and then took it back. He did. He didn't. It like took that, it back because yeah. he wanted to watch movies with with the teenagers. Yeah, and well, that's one what, day that's we'll re- the, yeah. 
One day we'll read about it in Robert's book, so I look forward to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. How about Robert taking a splash? I knew that brought you a, a chuckle smile. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, Bobby's, Bobby's a, he's a big-time influencer. Bobby is he is the male version of the Kardashians because yeah. <laughs> he dominates social media. He yeah. does that. Al, I hope the family is well, my friend, and uh, we'll send you a, a care basket. We're out of money, but we can, we've can. we got a lot of fruit, and we'll send you a fruit basket. I appreciate that very much. Thank you for having None me. None but love for you, my man. That's my guy, man. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, as Coach Thompson would say about Galdi, simply one of the best. Galdi's always been simply one, one of, of the best. best. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Money on that. We go to break here on the Hoffman Show. DOC sitting here in the air chair. Anthony, the Orangeman, making things happen here all electronically. And let's – Let's open the gates up now. We're going to open up the gates courtesy of the law, the Ace Law listener line. Uh, in a wreck, Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 888-ACE-LAW. Back in a moment. 